Create Art Podcast. KDOI Rebroadcast. Conversations on Empathy with Heather Moon. Hello, friends. This is Timothy Kim O'Brien, your head instigator to Create Art Podcast, where I bring my 20 plus years of experience in art and education to help you tame that inner critic and create more than you consume. Before I get started today, I just wanted to uh, mention something to uh, my listeners, both in the United States and internationally. Before we get to this episode, I want to take a moment to address the June 24th Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the legal right to have a safe and legal abortion. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. This decision could also lead to the loss of other rights. To learn more about what you can do to help, go to podvoices.help. I encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. Now, when I had an old podcast, my first podcast, actually, uh, KDOI uh, podcast, I... During the last season, I had uh, conversations with uh, artists that I know about specific topics. And this topic, uh, empathy, is one that I had with uh, my good friend Heather Moon, who is a artist, herbalist, massage therapist, uh, all the way back there in good old Rockford, Illinois. And I thought it'd be a great idea to go ahead and replay this episode for you. So that way it doesn't get lost um, and doesn't stay on my external hard drive uh, any more than it should. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Heather Moon on empathy. All right, folks. Well, thanks for coming back and uh, tuning in to us here at KDOI Podcasting, where we create more than we consume. Folks, we're talking empathy here today. Now, you've already heard uh, the definitions of empathy. We've already uh, tossed some wonderful quotes there uh, from Harper Lee, Ernest Hemingway, and uh, Socrates' uh, best buddy, Aristotle. Um, if you're a big Bill and Ted's excellent adventure uh, person, you'll be able to uh, call back and uh, let me know uh, how that is. Um, and we just want to also let you know that uh, you can contact us here at KDOI Podcasting at uh, our email address, which is kdoipodcasting at gmail.com. We'd like to keep it nice and simple. But folks, I got to say, uh, tonight's guest... Well, this is her third time uh, being on the show, and every time she comes on the show, um, for all the episodes that we've had, and uh, at the recording of this episode, we're up to 35 episodes, she always brings in the audience. She always brings in the crowds. Um, I get emails for days after she uh, pops on, so I'm excited to have her here with us. We have Heather Moon going to talk to us about empathy. Heather, how are you this fine evening? I'm great. How are you? Well, you know, that's a very uh, interesting way to, uh, you know, start off the empathy is asking how I am. I am fantastic. And I hope you can feel that through the internet that, you know, we're shooting the fantastic waves for you. 
<laughs> so, so Heather, you know, empathy, uh, that's a, this is a tricky, uh, subject to pick. I don't pick easy stuff naturally. Oh, uh, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, for you, uh, empathy kind of, you know, uh, yeah, I, I tossed you out the definitions. I tossed you the, uh, the, the quotes and all that. If you, if you feel strongly about it, go ahead and jump in at any time. But for you, uh, empathy, how, what is that for you? What, how do you define that? It's not sympathy. It, it's mm-hmm. often mistaken for sympathy. Um, with empathy, you're putting yourself in somebody else's shoes. So you're basically attempting to feel what they feel and, and moving on from there, basing your reactions on that. Um, a lot of people do mistake it for sympathy, but sympathy is just merely feeling sorry for somebody. And it's not that at all. Um, empathy can come with a form of detachment to it. So Mm -hmm. with sympathy, you're very attached to what's happening and you're very attached to the outcome of what's happening with empathy. You don't have to be, you can still put yourself in someone else's shoes, but you don't have to become attached to it. Gotcha. So it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, being in their shoes, but, but being safe, you know, you're not, um, uh, you're, you're not, you're feeling a lot of the same things that they're feeling, but it's through your feelings and not through necessarily their feelings or my way off. Um, I could be way off base on that. It, it kind of can be through their feelings. Um, I, there are times where you can have too much empathy or the, it's an energy exchange, essentially. And anytime there's an energy exchange, you know, there can be too much that happens and you take on, you can take on too much of the other person's feelings. So like a, de- a detachment is important with it, I guess is what I'm saying. And and that de- detachment is for your protection. So when you're being empathetic right. with somebody, you need to detach so that way you don't uh, go too deep down in that rabbit hole. Right, right. And that that's what I mean. Like sympathy is more you're feeling somebody else's feelings through yourself, whereas empathy mm-hmm. is you're feeling their feelings through them. Well, and I think sympathy gets a, you know, it has a connotation of, you know, um, depression, downing feelings, whereas empathy, you don't have to be, you know, down on the down. I mean, they could be ecstatic and having a fantastic day. Like myself, I just had a wonderful massage. I've got a brand new tattoo. I've saw, I've seen my chiropractor and I'm just like, all over the place, happy and energetic. Yeah. And, you know, when, when, you know, when you see a good friend like that or, you know, he kind of pumps you up as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at that Harper Lee uh, quote on here. Uh, you know, you never really understand a person until you consider things from uh, their point of view, until you climb inside their skin and uh, walk around in it. So it's kind of sound like you're in a little bit of agreement with that, if not full agreement with that, do you think? Yeah. Because empathy is not about you. It's about them. That's that's basically the gist of that quote. Exactly. Exactly. And Harper Lee, fantastic writer. She wrote, well, two books. Um, they, the second one just recently came out. Uh, but the uh, first book is the uh, To Kill the Mockingbird, To Kill a Mockingbird, which I think we all read that in school. How about you? Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think we still have the book report on that. I'm pretty sure I do. <laughs> But I'm weird like that. All right. So 
Now, here, here's the $64,000 question, and, and I need to wrap my head around it, and I need your help to do that. Okay. Um, you, you paint, and I paint. Okay? Yes. You, well, let, let me rephrase that. You paint, and I do stuff that looks like a four-year-old on crack on canvas. <laughs> but um, for me, I, I am interested in how a painter – has empathy and I don't know if that empathy is directed at the painting at the inspiration for the painting or at the patrons or the audience member viewing and more importantly purchasing the paining it can um, be can you all of those. yeah can you run that through yeah oh okay um, basically when you paint and it's a, su- a successful painting that people enjoy it's because mm-hmm. you have um, displayed empathy for the human condition. It, it may not be something that reaches everybody, but it's going to reach somebody, you know, cause there's kind of that universal consciousness out there. So anytime you portray something like that, it's, it's portraying empathy toward the human condition, even if it's a small group of humans. Gotcha. All right. So when you're in the gallery uh, and, and I've done this, but uh, the, the painter that, uh, it happened to uh, died a long time ago. Um, well, I, I'll just tell you my story here real quick, and I, I'll see if this has happened to you or you know if uh, you have an opinion on it. So um, I saw my first uh, Mark Rothko painting um, many years ago, uh-huh. and um, I studied a little bit on him. Uh, I, you know, I'm not an expert on him or anything like that. I, I, I know enough to be dangerous with Mark Rothko. And I finally saw one of his paintings in person. And uh, if if anyone knows anything about Mark Rothko, he, he does those you know things of just lines of color. Um, yeah, it's very minimalistic. But if you know his story and if you are kind of in tune with what he's doing, I saw my first one broke down in tears, sobbing like a baby. Um, yeah. and, and it really touched me and, and, you know, people are looking around going, who is this big hairy Canuck, you know, crying at this painting? It's, you know, three stripes of blue that are right. a little bit different shades. Why is he crying over that? And, and for me, it was just like, blah, like that. I really got through that. When you are walking through the gallery and when you're uh, seeing people look at your stuff, uh, do you get that connection with them? Do you get a chance to have that connection with them ever? I do. And it it's always the people that don't have to ask what a painting means. Mm-hmm. They Those are the people that get it. I get that mm-hmm. all the time. What does this mean? Why do you paint this? You know, but the people that don't ask that just stop and stare. Those are the ones, those are the ones that know what I'm saying. And, and, and like you said, you know, you, you have that little bit of a detachment that protects you with it, but, um, you're, you're kind of in tune. With, well, they're kind of in tune with you and you're kind of in tune with them. Yeah. And, uh, and they really get, uh, the meaning behind it. Fantastic. Right. Good deal. You know, I brought up, you know, is it with the canvas? Is it with the subject matter? Is it with the audience? And you said, yes, all three. So, yeah. Explain to me how that works with the canvas. You know, when when you're putting the paint on that canvas and mix and mixing and doing your alchemy with it, and you know, I don't understand it. It's magic to me. But it how is, are you having empathy with that? It might not necessarily be empathy with with a person, but it's it's definitely a connection of some kind to some 
other force in the universe. You know how that is. Like you get in that zone, everything else, mm-hmm. nothing else matters. Like everything else fades away. And all of a sudden you're like, why am I starving to death? And it's been eight hours, you know? So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a tuning in like that, but it's not necessarily to another oh, human. Absolutely. Like I don't have an, I don't have an audience in mind when I paint necessarily. And I mean, cause the tools that you use, you know, the paintbrushes, the knives, um, and, uh, yeah, just I, all the stuff that you're, you're, you're using to get that paint on that canvas and then manipulate it. You kind of have to have a, a relationship oh, sure. with, yeah, uh, with you've those got your tools, favorite, wouldn't you say? Like if I can't find my favorite knife, I'm like, well, I can't paint today because I can't find my pa- favorite knife. This isn't going to work out. And you've got your favorite brushes <laughs> and favorite colors. And yeah. And, and you can you can usually tell, you know, if you don't have that favorite knife, even if you do paint, you're just like, hmm. You know what's wrong with that painting from the get oh, yeah. going, and you can feel that yep. there's something wrong with the painting. Maybe I am a painter, and we just, yeah, I just haven't, you know, come to terms with it yet. See, I know, yeah, I, I, I told I you, I need this podcast more than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> keep on, t- I keep on telling other people that you're you're an artist, you're an artist, and I'm like, eh, I'm a painter and a four year old on crack, and yeah, I need this more than anybody else. Okay, good deal. <laughs> I and luckily I have my couch here, so I can go lay on the couch and uh, psychoanalyze myself too. Sweet. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not about me. It's about you and how you do it. So let's talk about as boom. Nice segue into empathy there. Um, so wow. I know, you know, it's like the whole episode is about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. <laughs> we're going to move to, um, so, you know, we were talking about the materials here. We'll, so we're going to talk about the inspiration. Um, and, uh, you know, we've talked about inspiration on, uh, other, uh, other shows here, other episodes. And, you know, if, if you have an open invitation, uh, any of those 11 topics you can do. Um, but there's that inspiration thing, that kind of nebulous thing that all of us artists, you know, are striving for. Uh, and, uh, it's a little green fairy that, you know, gives us our ideas and all that. Are you, do you have a empathetic relationship to that? I suppose. And that the fact that a lot of my paintings, a lot are about, um, different struggles I've had in life and how I've come through them. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can't often see that, um, cause it's all very symbolic, but a lot of the things I've gone through, other people have gone through. Mm-hmm. And I'm all about helping others. Like anytime somebody's struggling with something I've struggled with, my immediate reaction is that I want to help them through that because I totally understand what they're feeling and and the, the obstacles they're going to face and things like that. So I suppose, I mean, again, like anytime I paint, if I'm inspired by something, the whole thing just pops in my head at once. But so I'm not necessarily thinking of my audience. i not really thinking of my audience until everything's hanging up and people are looking at it. Gotcha. The art is helping you uh, relate your experiences and then other people that get it, 
they can connect with the painting that they're seeing on the wall there and, you know, sparks a nice conversation uh, for you. Uh, using that for healing. For, and it might help yeah. them. They might see something in that that helps them, you know. So, and, and, and that can definitely heal them and, you know, the, your relationship with the inspiration, with the equipment, with the canvas, and it just flows right into them. That's a, That's got to be a fantastic feeling for you. It is. It, anytime I see a spark in somebody when they look at my work, it's like, this is why I do this, really, mm-hmm. you know. Everything I do in life is really about helping others. Mm-hmm. I'm a massage therapist also. Mm-hmm. So um, my a lot of my life is about empathy. Sure, sure absolutely. Now, with that, um, uh, me just coming from, fresh from a massage, I'm not, I'm not going to dive uh, into massage unless you want to, but... Um, it, uh, the uh, when that happens, when that connection happens with somebody, and you're helping them out uh, with art or with massage or, or what have you, um, does that kind of feed back into you and validate uh, why you do art? Yeah, it it does. Um, it's just my natural instinct to help and heal people. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very empathic, um, which basically means without trying to, I can feel what other people are feeling. Like I'm very sensitive to other people's emotions, um, other people's pain and things like that. And so instead of feeling like that's a burden to me, um, I try to do something about it for them. So whether it's through art or through massage or through herbal medicine or whatever, it's always about, Hey, you know, I know that you're hurting. I know something is wrong. I'm going to help you with that. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And this is something that, yeah, this this uh, has been something that's been with you pretty much your entire life, or you just picked it up, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, no, it's it's been my whole mm-hmm. life. Um, I You know, even when I was a little kid, we'd be playing outside in the neighborhood, and if someone had a stomach ache, I'd be like, hold on, mm-hmm. I'm going to go pick you some leaves. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to make you feel better. There you know? go. <laughs> So, yeah. And then for a long time, I mean, it's not something I know I'm going to put it out here nationally, Uh-oh. but I do like sometimes when I uh, am with someone or if I, if my hands on somebody, I, I can feel in my body what they're feeling. Mm. So um, that used to be kind of a burden to me and um, it was bothersome to me. But since then I've learned to kind of detach from mm. that and just use it as a guide to help me. Um, help that person feel better. Well, and you know, there's a reason why they uh, call it the, uh, the healing arts, you know, whether you're dealing with a doctor or an herbalist or massage therapist or uh, someone like me, I, you know, I read people's tarot cards. uh, And I, 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 for me, when I, you know, uh, when I read somebody's tarot cards, like yours, I could not read because I know you too well. Right. Can't do it. But yeah. like uh, I can read somebody I don't know and read them to a T and they're like, how do you know that about me? And I'm like, I, I don't. It's just it's there. I've studied the stuff. I've studied the art. That's what it is. That's that's the vibes that I'm getting. That's the uh, the stuff that I am uh, getting from the universe. I'm kind of tapped into it on occasion, except on Tuesdays. Um, but that's just the feeling that I get. Uh, when, when I'm with somebody, when I'm with a client like that, and it sounds like uh, it's a similar, similar experiences for you. Yeah. And I think that explains why, like 
I'm able to help other people and I've, I've actually like healed other people. But when something happens to me, mm-hmm. I'm totally lost as to what the problem might be or what to do about mm-hmm. it. You know, so it's, yeah. we are our own worst doctors. We really are. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> That's why I don't read my own tarot cards. Cause you know, I, I get the death card like 15 times. <laughs> In a double cross spread, and if any, if you know, you know, tarot cards, you know that's absolutely impossible because there's only one death card, and there's 15 other cards I'm pulling up here, and they're yeah. all coming up deaths. I don't know. Oh yeah. no! Yeah. And it's not death, you know, like straight up death. It's death inverted and reversed and backwards, and you know all that backward masking. Oh, yeah, it's 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 not a good day. I I, I got to start using the uh, uh, Alistair Crowley deck. I think. Yes, something or not mix fifteen decks together so that can happen. Oh, see, that's what know. it is. That's what it is. I, I was I was yeah. playing blackjack. They're supposed to be separate. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. my. See, you know, I learned something on the show, folks. No more fifteen decks yep. mixed together. We're just not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, um, with uh, with all this empathy uh, talk here. Um, is it is it something? Uh, it, it's because, like I say, it's as you can tell, it's hard for me to discuss it because it's it's kind of nebulous there. But is it something that with some people you have to consciously work on um, and, and and do? Yeah, you mean like detaching? Well, it, or like to be able to have just it? to be able to have it? Yeah, um, yeah, yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there are some people in my life who have some who do not have much empathy for others mm-hmm. at all. Um, they're very egocentric. They're and um, it's very hard for me to have empathy for somebody who is not open at mm-hmm. all. It's it's very difficult because that seems like such a foreign concept to me. I know that sounds like the opposite of empathy. That that's a foreign concept. Therefore, I can't understand it. But I do my best and I have days where I'm much more patient than others. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of depends on the day where I'm still able to talk to them and kind of understand, well, this person really hasn't ever gotten out of this little shell in their life. So, of course, they, you know, are hating on other groups of people and don't like, you know, can't open themselves up to the possibility like. For example, that somebody who's gay might be a nice person, you know, worth being friends with. Mm-hmm. It, that's the type of thing I really struggle with. Oh, heaven forbid a gay person be nice. Oh, my God. I know. That, that concept <laughs> blows my mind. You know, folks, we you heard it here first. Gay people can be nice. They, yes. they can be your friends. They can. They can. <laughs> They are not going to climb in your bedroom window and rape you at night, and they're not going to rape your children in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope, not at not at all, not at all. Now, nope. I think some people think uh, when we when we say empathy, um, there's that Bill Clinton saying, "I feel your pain," and, and it, it's hard for me. I am struggling not to say it in a Arkansas accent um, because I really want to. <laughs> Uh, but, um, <laughs> with, uh, with, with that out there, it's for you, you have a, you have some control over it. Um, you can, 
turn it on a little bit, turn it off a little bit, you know, block people out and do the detachment. Um, yeah. Is, is that how much I'd like to say, how much energy do you have to put in to block it out? Is that something that's like really difficult to do or <sighs> with some people it is. Yes. Um, because they're so hungry for some empathy in their life that they will, um, they, without, they don't do it on purpose, but they will suck the life out of you. Essentially. There's some people after putting my hands on them, I feel so drained after touching them. And it's because they were taking my energy from me. So that, that can be difficult. And so there's some people I know, like I have to leave extra time after working with them mm-hmm. and things like that, just to kind of recover myself. And luckily my boss is really big on self care for that reason. Good deal. Good deal. Cause she understands that. So Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, with a because you, you're talking energy, so with empathy for you, is it uh, an energy thing? Is it an emotional thing, or is it like yeah? I always like to do in college answer C for a yes for all of the above. Um, for me, it's an energy mm-hmm. thing, but the, it, that's not necessarily the case for everybody. Gotcha, gotcha. It just kind of depends on who you are, and you know, not everybody's sensitive to energy. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I'm more uh, on the emotional side of the house. Like, you know, when I'm dealing with my clients at work, um, I'll, I'll have to, you know, luckily, I, you know, stop smoking. Because uh, what I used to do is if I had a uh, really hard uh, client, I'd go outside and have to go out and have a cigarette and just kind of, you know, scream and holler and, and grunt for a while and just be, you know, just, just to get rid of all that extra emotion. Uh, so for me, I'm on the other side of the fence. And that's an energy practice right there. That's really an energy practice right there. You're grounding yourself when you do that and dispelling their energy. So I am an energy. I, I'm, a, I'm a painter and I deal with energy. Jeez, we're learning too much about me here. You do. <laughs> I know. <laughs> In our next episode, we'll have him on the couch and we'll talk about his childhood. No, we will not do that. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a completely different show that uh, will never air. But, all right. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, something that uh, I I like asking you about is um, when you're working with other artists in, in a collaborative kind of sense. Um, okay. The, I hate to call it product, but the end result. There we go. That's a good word. The end result of that collaboration. Um. Do you find that if you connect with that person uh, on an empathetic level, that the uh, the outcome is uh, is a much better one, or is it? Can you, you know, you're working with somebody and you can fake it till you make it, and then, boom, you sell that uh, that that canvas for thousands and thousands of dollars, and uh, and you're like, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I got through it, but you know, at the end of the day, I you know, I made a little bit of scratch. No, um, if I, if I'm not jiving with somebody and I, there's no empathetic connection there, I can't do it. I'll back out. I'll, I'll just stop because I don't want the, I don't want to put out something Mm half-assed that doesn't have soul in it, Mm -hmm. you know? So if, if, if I'm not feeling it, I won't do it. 
Gotcha. So yeah, I mean, you won't even if you're not, uh, you know, if you're not connecting with that person uh, on a energy level or an emotional level, it's just, it's just not going to happen. No, not okay. at all. Good deal. I'm at a point in my life where I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't, I don't have to. Um, it's and it is mostly my problem is mostly with other people who do not have empathy for others at all. Mm-hmm. That's most of the conflict in my life comes from that. So yeah, if I'm working with somebody else and there's somebody that just is not my type of person with the, on the empathy level, we're not going to do this. Gotcha. Yeah. Why? And that makes sense too, because you know, when we're dealing with arts, um, there are so many options out there for people to uh, grab on and grab a hold of, you know, there's so many galleries out there, and, and I'm not even talking about going online and, uh, you know, doing looking at people's portfolios online. And um, you really want to put your best foot forward when you're working with somebody else because um, when you do that, you're, you know, doubling your audience there because they don't know everybody that you know and you don't know everybody that they know. And, um, you know, when you're putting that work out there, you want it to be of the highest quality and the highest caliber uh, of work that you can do uh, at the time. So that that makes absolute sense to me, for sure. $64,000 question here. Is there anything on empathy that I haven't covered here with you that you'd like to uh, share with our audience here uh, tonight? I know that's a tough one. Oh. Because uh, we go for hours and hours and hours. It's something that I know. But is there? I mean, it sounds cliche, but it, it really is something the world needs to practice more Mm -hmm. of it is a practice um you you have to actively engage in it so it doesn't just necessarily happen but we could really use it because uh there's a lot of hate out there (laughs) right Mm -hmm. now and um the only way things will get better is people are more empathetic towards others got to stop categorizing people and saying well this group of people here these people you mm-hmm. know like you know we got to stop that absolutely i mean you know there there are there are you know people that vote republican there are decent people they're great people all three of them no i'm kidding <laughs> that yeah. wasn't being empathetic <laughs> folks that's a bad example no. don't do that that's horrible <laughs> That's bad. But no, but Trump has opened a lot of doorways mm-hmm. for people to just flaunt their lack lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. They he really has. Yeah. So it's just rampant right now because they've been given permission to to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody's trying to uh be more empathetic, uh if, if someone's trying to cuz it it's it's really a skill. I mean, it's I think everyone should have it, at least a base knowledge of it, but it's something that, um, you know, a lot of people don't have. Um, for you, what's a good place for people to start learning how to be uh, empathetic? Um, start with the person that's closest to mm-hmm. you, really. I mean, just try to see the world through their eyes. They're, they're close to you. They talk to you. They tell you about your, their day. Try to experience their day through their eyes when they're talking to you. Um, if you get good at doing that with people that are close to you, you should be able to do it with people who are not, like complete strangers. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would add to that is, you know, take an improv class. 
Because then, the, oh yeah, that's something I've not done. So yeah, because uh, with that, you're uh, on stage with somebody, uh, and if you're just taking a class, you you don't really have an audience except for the instructor. Uh, but you really have to connect with that person to keep the scene going. And the great thing with improv is you're not trying to be funny. You're just you're given a scene and you yeah. work the scene, and, and and then you're done. If and I imagine you have to have some level of connection with your audience too, because they're the ones telling you what to do, right? Well, you, the first thing is you have to listen to them. You have to listen to what the audience is telling you to do if you're asking for for suggestions. So it's that active listening thing, yeah. Uh, that 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 we all need. I know I need more of. I, I could say you know everybody needs a little bit more active listening in their life. So um, I am guilty of it. So I work on it every day. Yep, listening's a big mm-hmm. thing. With empathy. You can't have empathy if you aren't going to listen. Bingo. That is true. That is true. All right, Heather. Well, you know what? It has been a pleasure and an honor having you on uh, the show three time. Three time, folks. She has been on the show. She has thrown down some excellent knowledge for you. Um, she makes me, every time I talk to her, she makes me want to paint. Um, and I know, Aww. I know with the last time I was in town, we, uh, we talked about, um, um, you know, my, uh, my next thing that's coming out. So, uh, I just need to get to work on it. It's this podcasting thing gets in the way. Yes. And I will, I promise I, I will get to work on it. Um, I got to finish the painting, you know, for my girl's birthday of them in their bed. So that's on the slate right now. As soon as I'm done with that, I promise I'll work on the other painting that we discussed with the uh, Chicago skyline. Okay. I am excited to see that. That's going to be fun. And, you know, I might have to uh, go back to our hometown and, you know, hop in a gallery with you and, and show with you because we've done that folks. We've, we've shown together and, and, Yes, we have. And people are like, oh, she's the painter and you're the four-year-old on crack. And it was good. No, they didn't know. <laughs> they did not. I did not hear one person say that. So. Oh, that, that was me saying that outside while I was having a cigarette. That's what that was. <laughs> yes. That's what it well, was. Try, I was trying to generate traffic. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> good deal heather well uh is there any thoughts you'd like to leave us here uh with empathy art creating more than you consume any of that any last thoughts you want to uh, impart to us just listen to other people all you people out there just listen to other people and be nice to each other be nice don't be a dick listen i like that I put the be, don't be a dick in, in there for you, but um, I, I think that's very important too. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Three time, three Pete champion. Of course. So that was my talk with Heather Moon on empathy. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you would, I have a challenge there for you. I'd like to know what you think would make this a five-star episode. Was there something in there that you wanted me to ask her or uh, cover? Let me know. Shoot an email to me, timothy at createartpodcast.com, and let me know what you think about the episode. I am really interested. And at this time, I'd like to let you know about a couple of other shows that I am doing Naturally, we're doing the regular episodes of Create Art Podcast, and those are usually coming out once a month. 
We'll be finishing this year with the KDOI rebroadcasts in December, so we'll have those out once a month. In November, we'll be doing the uh, National Podcast Post Month, National Novel Writing Month, so get ready for that, where I'll be uh, writing a 50,000-word novel in 30 days and posting a podcast episode in 30 days. We've done it in the past. We're going to do it this year as well. My other show, Find a Podcast About, helps you to outsmart the algorithm and find your next binge-worthy podcast. You can find that at findapodcastabout.xyz. My other show that I work on, Clearly Obtuse. That show is all about uh, what a podcast would sound like if it was an avant-garde podcast. And you can find that at clearlyobtuse.com. It's kind of weird. It's not for the faint of heart. So give it a check and look at it. Or listen to it. You could look at it with your ears. Anyhow, I'll see you next episode. And again, I want to thank you for choosing to listen to Create Art Podcast. <laughs>